Hi, I'm Trent Maxwell. And I'm Lee Mason. And we want to welcome you to our Live, Learn, Survive podcast. Since 2018, Lee and I have traveled the globe and met face-to-face over 26,000 children in six countries across three continents. We've created a series of award-winning children's books and Maxie's Rescue Squad are now founders of the Live, Learn, Survive charity, all focused on teaching teens and young adults life skills that not only help themselves, but help others too. We take what we do very seriously ourselves, not so much as you soon will hear. So let's spend the next half an hour together with some fun, inspiration and kindness, and we'll try and, try and learn something too. It's not actually half an hour this week, everyone. It's an hour, so... Bonus time, bonus time. So, um, welcome, so, Lee. Yeah, where am I, Maxie? I'm sat next to you for once. So, um, yeah, welcome you back to the office. Good to be in Brisbane. It's nice for you to show up at the office for once, put a day in. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, Maxie, today we are incredibly lucky. So, um, very proud today to welcome a very special person to our podcast, Professor Greg White, OBE. But I'm sure he won't mind if from now we call him Greg. Um, it's really difficult <laughs> to summarise an introduction to Greg because it's really hard to know what to leave out. So I'm going to do my best to give this exceptional man a worthy introduction. Awarded the OBE for services to sport, sports science and charity, Greg was voted one of the top 10 science communicators in the UK by the British Science Council. Can't even say it, never mind that, be it. <laughs> An Olympian in modern pentathlon, a European and World Championship medalist, and holder of the Norseman Triathlon Black T-shirt, which we are going to ask him about today. Currently Professor of Applied Sport and Exercise at John Moores Uni in Liverpool, Director of Performance at the Centre of Health and Human Performance at 76 Harley Street in London, and there's still more. (laughs) People may know Greg. Um, is the voice of authority for exercise physiology and sports exercise performance in the UK. Many people will know him from Sport Relief. And in actual fact, Greg has helped raise over $45 million for charity. Um, Comic Relief Challenges. He helped David Williams win the Channel, the Gibraltar Straits and the length of the Thames. John Bishop's Week of Hell, which I remember living through with him. Um, and he's got over 18 celebrities to the top of Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania. So, um, he's done that twice. Yeah, exactly. So, um, But equally impressive, Max, he was brave enough to swim with you at sunrise in Caversham Lakes. So with all of that warmest of welcomes, we are absolutely thrilled you were able to join us. Welcome, Professor Greg White. Welcome, Mike. Well, and it's definitely, it's definitely <laughs> <laughs> we can call you Greg. Yeah. Amazing, thank you so much. Please, it's so good. Oh, listen, thanks for having me. It's great to be on. Really great to be. On. I love what you guys do. I'm, I'm an, a massive fan of of what you guys do. So it's fantastic. Oh, thanks, be on. mate. Well, that's that's it done for me. Yeah. I can leave. Yeah, <laughs> yeah mate. I was so fortunate. So people um, that don't know, I've actually met uh, Greg or myself and Lee have met Greg face to face back in April in 2022. I was going to say 2023. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we went to Cavish Lakes. I had a good swim. <laughs> Uh, we we did an awesome swim there. Yep. We're doing some charity stuff. We also did a hypothermia uh, video to showcase, um, you know, Max Rescue Squad of what what happens if you do get hypothermia. Absolutely. And I actually did suffer uh, from uh, mild to moderate uh, case of hypothermia, and you, did. Um, you know, Greg was there to look after me and help me out. But we had a really good chat, and I'll be. Uh, Putting that video back up this this week yeah, we to are. showcase um, that great chat we did have. So 
again, thank you for coming, mate. And it's really good to see you. Uh, you're looking well as always. So have you been, Greg, since April? Do you know... It's really interesting that you talk about hypothermia that because you guys are currently in Brisbane in the sunshine, having a lovely time. Uh, today in the UK, it was it is currently minus Ooh, seven wow. degrees centigrade. Uh, water water temperature, open water temperature, somewhere in the region of about one to two degrees centigrade. It's just above just above icing over, and in fact, many many lakes and ponds in the UK have yep. iced over. It's only the flow of the rivers that are actually stopping them from, from icing over. So it's 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 quite a timely a timely reminder of the importance yeah. of of hypothermia uh, and cold. Yeah. I also know too, mate. We're so passionate on drowning prevention uh, in the UK over the summertime. You're very all year round, I should say, Greg. But you're very vocal on trying to get the awareness out there to limit the drownings. And uh, here in Australia, unfortunately, there's been 43 drownings yeah. uh, in the last couple of weeks just through summer. Yeah. Uh, on the coast, inland, and yeah. You know, the, we just need to get the message out there, and we're always trying to achieve that common goal of bringing the numbers down. But um, just quickly, we're dealing with the summer here, but with the winter there, um, there's been some tragedies over your way as well, uh, wasn't there? Uh, unfortunately, four teen, uh, young boys. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to quickly elaborate on that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, tragically, you know, not, not too far from it. And again, I think you know what I love about what you guys do is that you know we have a massive problem with learning to swim here in the UK but but really for me the bigger problem is actually around water safety education you know which i know you guys are so passionate about and and, and tragically what we saw just before christmas uh, was three young lads actually uh, were a, a pond that had iced over um, and as kids do you know we, we were all the same we were kids they they walked out onto the ice unfortunately the ice simply wasn't thick enough they fell through uh, and one of their buddies who was on the shore um, decided to go out and try and save them. And, and sadly, uh, all lives were lost. Um, and, you know, and it's a real, I mean, it's a real tragedy because it's, it's not an issue of, of being able to swim necessarily. It's just about water safety and knowing that, that you know, don't go out onto ice yeah. and thin ice um, and knowing what to do. That if, if something does happen, you know, go and get, get help first and, and, you know, make sure you do the right thing if you're trying to rescue somebody. Um, and it, uh, you know it is it really is all about that and I think to me what's interesting is that we, you know, this year or last year two million children left school in the UK unable to mm -hmm. swim uh, and it's a statutory requirement of what we call Ofsted so of the education system that all uh, year six kids so 11 years old should be able to swim but because of lockdowns because of the engine crisis and closing swimming pools in the UK lots of kids don't, haven't learned to swim but for me, the critical factor of that is that the best time to educate kids around water safety is when they're learning yeah. to swim. And of course, you remove that, that, that process, you remove the ability to educate around water safety. And sadly, tragedies like this happen on too regular a basis yeah. in the UK. And it's been, you know, like we're in summer now, but, it, you know, it's been the same here. Like literally every day there's been, you know, I think in Queensland last week, there was a headline about a drowning five out of seven days in the paper. Mm. Like, and, you know. And it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I think, you know, we talk about hypothermia and cold water exposure. And, and I think actually what we think is that it is just on, like we've got at the moment, winter days when air temperature is very cold. But actually, unless you're accustomed, unless you're acclimatised to cold water, when you get in the sea, even in Brisbane, you know, when you get in the sea, if you are unaccustomed to that and unacclimatized to that, that water is cold enough to induce a cold shock response. 
you get this hyperventilation uh, with the waves coming over the top. If you're not a very strong swimmer, if you don't know what the rip and the current is doing, you know, that cold can be as problematic in the, in the heat of the yeah. summer as it can be in the winter. And in fact, probably in the winter, we're, we're probably more mindful of it because it, it, it yeah. is really cold, you know? So, so yeah, and it's it, it, over 50% of drownings in the UK occur in that, in, our, in our, what is our summer period between that sort of June yeah. and August period. And it's it's because yeah. kids, you know, I mean, it's a hot day. Well, that, you look that, at the water and you look too bright, doesn't it? So why we in you go. took the opportunity to come last April because we knew that it was like um, going to be a much needed um, after lockdown. People not having swimming lessons, you know. We just thought, look, you know what, the, the, the timing's right. Let, let's just go and just do anything that yeah. we can. Like you know, it only if it saves yeah. one life, then it's been you know yeah. kind of worth it. So. Um, but like interestingly, yeah. some of the no, listen, some of the drownings right. here. You just said, um, Greg, about send for help first. Quite a few of the drownings that have been here in the last what two or three weeks have been parents going in after a child. The child's got out. The parents been lost. Yeah, so we're we're trying to really um, get the awareness out there that rescuers do drown too. And if you don't have situational awareness, you don't yeah. um, know what to do. You can't swim yourself. You always need to go in the water with a flotation device. So yeah, yeah, we're just trying to get that and message the, across. And the wonderful thing since we saw you in April, Greg, is that now we we have our own charity, so we are going to be able to fundraise ourselves yeah. to do more. And there's more that we're going to talk about yeah. later yeah. on to see. Uh, yeah. Because then we can be like in direct control, you know, we don't have very expensive boards or things like that. And all the, all that, that like sort of um, makes things tricky. We can be really um, efficient with every dollar we get. So that's really exciting for us. So um, this, this is about you. So we probably better start by, uh, you know, you're in the hot seat now, Greg. We are like, you know. あ、よし、よし、ゲームで。いや、そのタイムテミアティミアにアナウンス since I was, I mean, and competitively swimming since I was six years of age. Um, you know, those days are sort of gone now, I think, where you can actually be competitive that young. But but certainly, you know, I'm an old man, so back then you could do it. But fundamentally, much like it is for many kids, it's actually about parents. And, and my mum and dad were absolutely incredible. Um, and what I always reflect on what they did is what I try and do now. I've got three kids now, and that is that they were incredibly supportive. They were never pushy, but very supportive. And of course, as a swimmer, I started life as a swimmer. Um, you've got to, you've got to be really supportive and dedicated to get up at, at five o'clock in the morning uh, to go early morning swim training. So yeah, so I mean, I, I've I've been around swimming my entire life. I think the interesting thing for me was that. Um, I, I do. I mean, as you guys know, but I'm an ambassador for the Royal Life Saving Society here in the UK, uh, and, and much of that is because my dad was a, a lifeguard and a, an examiner for the RLSS. Um, I became a lifeguard. My uh, my brother was a lifeguard. My wife was a lifeguard, and now, funnily enough, my <laughs> eldest daughter 
uh, who's 17, she is now That's on awesome. lifeguard. So That's it's, you know, to some extent, I think I think if you if you cut us in half, it probably says yeah. RLSS all yeah. the way through. Amazing, <laughs> amazing. And same, my my mum was an RLSS examiner. So exactly the same. She, so yeah. very, yeah. very similar. Like I think I grew up on the side of a pool. I think I could probably swim before I could walk because swimming was life, you know. <laughs> It was, um, yeah. you know, yeah. it was such a big thing. It, it was um, amazing yeah. to see too, and you cut yourself short here, uh, from six years old starting competitive swimming, but, uh, you know, you went to the Olympics twice. <laughs> Do you want to know <laughs> It's pretty amazing. It's, like, it's, been, it's been a great career. It's been a great career, you know, and it's, um, yeah, I mean, I, I swam up until, you know, classically up until the age Sort of as swimming being my sort of main focus up to the age of about sort of 14, 15. Um, and then, as always happens, you know, it's part of my social circle. You guys know this, you know, when you're part of a life, life surfing club or, or a swimming club or, or any club, you know, to some extent, it's actually a, a part of your social circle. So I went because my mates were there. Um, you started to see around sort of 15, 15, classically, you see the attrition of, of your mates. Uh, and, and in that interim, I was lucky enough to find a sport called modern pentathlon. Um, and, and then, you know, I was lucky enough to be good at it. Um, I worked incredibly hard to be good at it, but, um, uh, and yeah, and, and lucky enough to, to become an Olympian. I was a world and European medalist. Cool. So it was, uh, it was a great career, but so, yeah, it, what's interesting here is that some of the highlights we're talking at the moment, you know, in January and, uh, every year as a Montpentathlete, every year I would come out to Oz. Uh, and we would have a training camp in in Sydney, up on the yeah, North Shores, uh, in yeah. Narrabeen. Um, and we'd come out for a month, and then from there we'd go down to Melbourne, then Melbourne onto Canberra, and compete in the World Cup uh, in Canberra. And my favourite win ever uh, was actually in Canberra in 1989, <laughs> a long time ago. That's awesome. Um, but you know, but it, it was it was a great career, and it afforded me the opportunity to to travel the world and meet meet great people it was you know i was very very yeah. fortunate amazing amazing so i that like leads into um, my the question i've got for you next then greg all of that as a career how do you go about making important decisions do you have a process that you go through uh, it's, it's an interesting one i think uh, you know i think that one of the most important things and, and i see this in you guys and, and you know we all experience this when we meet people for me it's about passion uh, is that is that when you are making a decision? I think critically, what you've got to be is you've got to be all in, you know, on making that decision. You've got to be passionate about it. <clears throat> and I think the one thing, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but working with others is that I think that it, there's an awful lot you can do for others, but what you can what you can never do is create that that passion, that love, yeah. that desire. Uh, and so, I, so I think you know, if you are making a big decision, I think the crucial thing is to make sure that you, you know, lots of re, you know things about making sure it's the right, it's right for you, making sure it's structured in the right way, etc. But I think fundamentally, what underpins all that is about passion and the desire to really achieve what the yeah, end goal is. Yeah, I agree. That's great, a great answer. Great answer. Love it, um, mate. So there's two here. So I'll start off with uh, the first one. Greatest strength that you have. Greatest strength. <laughs> Uh, it would probably be a different answer if you ask my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I'm married too, man. Yeah, we've all got that. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, greatest strength. Um, I guess, you know, I, you, you could probably see it as a weakness, I guess, but I think my greatest strength is I hate to be beaten. So you're very competitive. Absolutely, absolutely hate it. 
and and I think because of that, what what that drives is a tenacity, a tenacity to achieve in, in whatever that is. And and you know, it, it's not necessarily about winning in terms of sort of racing winning. I think it's uh, you know, I hate to lose if if I set yes. myself a goal. Yeah, so it's like, a, like you're, you're older, it. like it's yourself having um, you're off. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. That. So yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a competition with self. I think that's really important, actually, because because invariably, I mean, even in sport, you know, one thing I learned through sport is the fact that that you can only control. There's this sort of lovely saying that people talk about: control the controllables. And I think within that, what, there's only one thing you can do, and that is control yourself. You can only control what you are doing. And I think you know, sport. What sport teaches you is that that what you can't do is you can't control what what the competition mm. is doing. Uh, and I think it, it's a real failure if you try and if you try and adapt what you're doing based upon what others yeah. are doing. And, and I, I say this to my kids constantly, you know, when when they come back from having done sport, whichever sport it is that they're doing that particular day, disappointed or happy, the one question I always ask them is, "Look, did you give it a hundred percent?" Because I think all you all you, all we can do in life and whatever it is is give a hundred percent. And I think if you have given it a hundred percent experience tells me that what you can ne- what you'll never do is look back with yeah. a regret yeah. you never regret it because it's everything you had you may not have achieved what you wanted to do uh, you know for me personally i never won the olympic medal i won a world and european but never an olympic medal but i don't look back and think you know i should have worked harder because i couldn't i gave it 100 percent. it was everything yeah. i had it just like, it just wasn't enough so and that that to me i think is absolutely crucial give it everything you've got give it hundred percent and you'll never yeah. regret yeah. it. Amazing. And, and I'll just say the, the second part of that is your biggest weakness and you kind of touch a little bit of base, but would you say, um, you know, just the weakness of, of failing to, you don't want to lose? Of not giving up. <laughs> not giving up? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, maybe it is. I think, you know, I think what's interesting on that is sort of ages, you know, classically with this, I think, you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier on about that sort of desire piece, actually, it's, it's very difficult to accumulate experience without actually doing yeah. it. Um, and, and I think certainly one of the mottos that I have is that, you know, for, for I'm sure you know, we've all met people who say, oh, yeah, I've never failed. And to my mind, if if you've never failed, then you have never tried. Yes. Oh my uh, god. Because who, success, who can is, say that? success is never guaranteed. Yeah. You know, and and so I think you know to that extent, it, it, you, know, you could deem it as a weakness. But I think actually, look, it, look, if you failed, what it does mean is you're pushing yeah. yourself and you're pushing that envelope. Yeah. You're moving outside your comfort zone. All those sort of little sayings that we talk about. But I think you know. So is it a weakness? I'm not. I'm not. 100 percent sure it is but but you know it's, it's the way that it's the way that i live my life i'm not saying everybody else so should do that. would you say then based on all of that would you say greg you've had more setbacks than successes or when you look back of it do you think you've had more successes than setbacks <laughs> uh, i'll tell you what i would say is that i, I only remember the only exactly. well, that's right that's, that's the whole point of it that's the whole point of it isn't it it's like you know because most no, people is. do say it is you fail way more times than you ever, you know, you have, but the, the truth is that you just let those go and you just keep going. You, you just go pushing. for the next thing. You keep going. Don't stop. Yeah. And I, th- I think you've got to as well. I think, you know, what, it, it, the one thing you learn with life as you get older is the fact that, look, you, I, I can't go back in time and yeah. change it. Uh, and, and so therefore, you know, what has gone has gone. I think what, what we can do, and I think what is crucial, you know, and, and, and Einstein coined it beautifully, and that is that, that effectively – uh, to paraphrase it, stupidity is 
repeating the same thing over and over again and expecting a different <laughs> yes. result. Yeah. Now that that's it. So I think you know what we do is that you know, and we we should, and and I think that's what I do is you learn from those areas when you haven't been successful, but at the same time, what you do is just park them. So you take the learnings forward, but what you do is you don't take the failure yeah. forward. Yeah, and back to what you were just saying before about the past. Like I have this thing in my head: is the past is the past. You can't change it. It is what it is. It's happened. You know, for good, the bad, the ugly. Right. The future doesn't exist yet. All right. So you could set yourself up for a brighter and bigger future by training and doing certain things, but it's not guaranteed. The only thing that is guaranteed is the present moment. I always say this with Lee is, uh, you know, this given step that we're taking, whether it's left or right, you're in control. And, you know, as long as you're on the good path, positive path and you're happy yeah that's all that matters yeah and you've made the decisions for the right reasons and you've thought about it all you can't do anything else can you but it's okay to make like i said mistakes and stuff like that but like you said you've got to learn from those mistakes you've got to learn from those um those things and what einstein said if you keep doing it expect a different (laughs) result Uh, (laughs) then you're crazy yeah exactly exactly okay Uh, your next maxi yes uh so how do you deal with times when things go wrong I think self-reflection is something that, that generally we're not very good at. Um, and, and I think that the easiest thing, and certainly when we're young, what, you know, what we do is we like to look around to see who we can blame. Uh, and, and, and it's something, and again, you should never beat yourself up for that because it's just a natural thing to do, really. As you look around and think, oh, it's your fault, it's your fault. And actually, for me, one of the, one of the best things I've learned through my career is just take a really close look at yourself in the mirror. Uh, you know, what is it that you could have done differently? And, and, and it might not be obvious. You know, you know, sometimes there are clear things that, you know, you just didn't, you know, if you're entering a race or something, you just didn't train hard enough. You didn't commit enough. Then, then that's quite obvious. But actually, there are often subtle things, the way in which you, you deal with people, the way in which you treat people, the way in which you communicate various different things to people. You know, all of those sort of things. It's not just the hard skills. It's also the soft skills within that. But for me, I think the most important thing that if, if you don't get to where you're trying to get to, uh, I think the first place to start is self-reflection. Take a look at yourself, have a, a long, hard, honest discussion yeah. with yourself, and then look to see what, in, in having done that, then look at these areas about you know what worked, what didn't work. And I think, again, what's interesting for me is that often what we do is that we spend perhaps just a little bit too much time looking at the things that didn't work, the bad things about it. When actually what we should do is also focus on the things that did work. If we're going to, if we're going to go again and we're going to try again, then what we want to make sure is the things that we did really well, we want to keep those and, and potentially yeah. enhance those whilst at the same time that those weaknesses that we've got is actually work on those weaknesses to improve those. What, what we're trying to do is just bring everything up to an excellent yeah. level rather than let things drop yeah, and let things slide. That's awesome. Now you're full that's of wisdom awesome. today. You're Absolutely. giving us good ones, mate. So, so many. Um, it's a Monday morning. So so. From watching you all week to talking <laughs> to you face-to-face like this, mate. We're uh, just like, awesome. this is amazing. So best career decision, Greg. What a career. One of them you would say uh, was a really good one. Best career decision. Wow. Um, do you know what? I... I um, I, I, I was the director of research for the British Olympic Medical Centre. Um, and I remember I was at a university post at the time. 
uh, and it was a real it was a real punt to go in to, to take that job in a sense. I was the inaugural director of research. They'd never had a director of research before. Um, they really didn't have a research culture uh, at all at that time. So it, it was it was one of those jobs that I could I could move outside of, of the yeah. comfort zone. You know, nice nice academic position. You know, very clear what I was doing. Actually, I love I love and still love teaching. Um, into 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 what was relatively unknown, all that you know, albeit in in my area. So I, I took that post, and I had four incredible years uh, at the British Olympic Medical Centre. I looked after the prep, uh, particularly the environmental prep, was one of my specialty uh, areas um, of five Olympic Games, including summer and winter. Um, and it was just it was a magnificent experience, and it, and it, it taught me an awful lot, and actually opened up a huge number of doors. So I think I, it, I guess the message in that is you know don't don't yeah. be afraid to yeah. make a change. I think often the, the best yeah. decisions you and make you obviously went into a role that, you like you say, it was brand new. There was no roadmap. There was probably no position description. Yeah. There was no one there to give you onboarding. <laughs> you probably walked in. There was a desk, and you know, like here we get, you know, and and that's like amazing well, you because yeah. you can really then put your stamp on it. And and there's so many times we say this with what we're trying to do. And, and now, like having a charity, we know we operate a little bit differently. We're trying to maybe um, do things in a way where maybe traditional education's maybe failed, mm. you know. So it's like there is no roadmap. We are winging it by right. every single day. And I can't believe some days that we've done what we've done for just to random individuals two, two knuckleheads Batman and Robin look at us like seriously you know we rock Mate. up anywhere and just know everybody everybody will have a great day and that's all we can promise I'm not yeah. even a lot <laughs> 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 But you know what? What you what you have though is what we spoke about right at the very beginning, and that is what you know, that's what I love about you guys is yeah. passion. Yeah. yeah, you know, and that passion is infectious, yes. and 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 I think that the invariably, you know, that that to me, you know, it, that that'll give you fifty yeah. percent of, of the success yeah. you're looking for. We, we always say people might be as on ability, but they will never be as on enthusiasm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. perfect, and that's the way it should yeah, be. I think. Exactly. <laughs> Greg, there's been plenty of achievements, mate. And like I said, this week I've seen many um, online. Uh, but what has been your greatest achievement to date? I know it's a big question to ask, but um, is there something that really stands out achievement-wise? God, do you know, it, it, funnily enough, a, a friend of mine asked me this the other day. I was having a coffee with a mate of mine. And he said to me, what, what is it that, that yanks your chain? You know, what, what is it that... that that really gets you out of bed in the morning. And I think, you know, the paradox is, and, and it comes back to, to, you know, to what you guys do. The paradox is it's, I would say it's all the work I do for charity uh, because I do all that work completely for free. Um, I, I, invariably it costs me money. Uh, the, the, you know, I mean, I, I absolutely take no fee and, and nothing from that. Um, but it's the, it's the one area that gives me the greatest, uh, the greatest joy and and certainly, you know, obviously with comic relief and sport relief, and now with a, a, a charity, a big charity here in the UK called Children in Need, um, I've, I've supported over 36 major challenges. And in fact, that figure you gave now, 
um, it's probably up to uh, over 65 wow. million yeah. pounds Amazing, right? uh, for charity, whatever that is in in. No, yeah. well, it's it's, it's 1.2 billion, billion probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like it's a lot no, of so million. That's why we have an account. Yeah. I'll take the 1.2 billion. Got an account, honestly. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Good, yeah, good, that's good. Not us. Keep him. Um, so, um... No, but but that but that I love. Do you know I love I love that because I, I mean I've had the opportunity to as much as you guys do as well. I think you know what, there is no greater joy than than seeing where you've yeah. made a difference. Uh, and I've had the opportunity to, to travel to various projects uh, in the UK and around the world to see where the money that was raised has been spent and the difference that it makes yeah. to people's lives. And I think there's nothing, to my mind, there's nothing yeah. better than that. So so for me, the, the best thing I've ever yeah. done is, is that. I think, you know, it, that reminds me of the first time, the first trip that Maxie and I came to the UK. And you know it was it was just a complete random that we we ended up coming I was coming back for a birthday Maxi happened to be in Europe someone invited to open a surf club no budget nothing you know no that like just like a bit of a joke cheeky cheeky and us two said yes he will come over <laughs> so there we were in yeah. Southbourne in Bournemouth really? and this was our, I, I, and we still keep in touch with his family and these two little lads. These two little lads from Portsmouth travelled for the day. Zach and Max, they sat on the beach on a freezing cold day, wrapped in a blanket, and their mum and dad just like could not believe. Like, you know, we had them joining in, we had them playing games, they were running up and down the sand, and we were like, whoa, you know. That, that, that was cool. This, this, this is the start of something. Yeah, we didn't even it. have yeah. Live Learn Survive. We didn't know, we didn't have a name, we didn't have a name, but that day was like, uh, it was almost like a, actually, you know, and I remember saying to Maxi, you know what, you you have a, almost, a, you have a platform and you almost have a responsibility um, and I'll help you. Yeah. <laughs> Here yeah. we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And there yeah. you are now. You know, it's, it's, it is amazing what you can achieve yeah. though, isn't it? Exactly. Because if 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 you'd have look if you'd have looked back ten years no ago at what you achieved no now, no even the last six like, months, yeah, even the last three months, it's yeah. just it's crazy. Even it's... having a charity, we can't believe that we've got that, well, we... and we've got that because basically, an amazing team of lawyers in Brisbane said just what you said. Oh, we love you too. We'll help you. <laughs> And it was like, Perfect. you know. Hey, listen. That's, yeah, that's and we just works. turn up with cupcakes. That's it. Like, yeah. you know, like, you know, so, um, so, so. Well, listen, I'll, I'll yeah, do anything exactly. for a cupcake. And so will our lawyers. So, um, <laughs> so any secrets, Greg, that you can share that might um, inspire someone else, That anything that's helped get you where you've got today? A little bit of a secret Greg formula. Uh, well, I tell you what's interesting, and, and you've you've actually just coined it, I think, and, and that is you know your, your team of lawyers. I, I think it is about life is about teamwork. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I have this little saying, and that is like nothing great is ever achieved yes. alone. Uh, and even sometimes we look at people, we think, oh, they've done it, they've done it themselves, and and it, it's never true ever. You know, when you look behind them, what you see is you see this team of people, and and it, and it includes family includes friends it can include you know professions and and for me i think you know if, if you are looking to achieve something i think the first place to start is is to is to 
identify the team that is going to yes. support you. Now, now, crucially, it's not just about having a team. You've got to make sure that team integrates well, that it works well together. Uh, and I think more as important as, of all of that is make sure that that team works yes. for you. Uh, and it's not it's not always about the most expensive or the most experienced or the highest profile. It's actually about people that work for you and and share your yes. dreams. They share the vision. The way you're mm. trying to get to. They work. share the vision and yeah. and the passion the team, about it. Yeah. 100%. No. Yeah. So team teamwork. I think you know teamwork makes mm. the dream work. And you know, for me, make sure you got yeah. the right yeah. team 100%. around. You. Yeah. And we've been really, we, we've really, really been tread carefully with that because it is, it's like, you know, when you've got the right team, it's magic. Hmm. It really is. And it only takes yeah. one bad one in the yeah. team that makes it very not yeah. magic. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's true, it's true. And it's, so, I mean, that, you know, that's a good point because it is about managing that team, you know, and I think, you know, as, as a leader, you know, you're the leader of the uh, Live, Learn, Survive team. And so you know you have to sometimes make those difficult decisions yeah. to, to you know have to offload some members who just aren't working the right way, and then reappoint you know and, and that and that's you know it's not I, I, often people think oh you've been lucky no. you nah. haven't been lucky no, I... <laughs> you've worked incredibly yeah. hard and 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 you've taken the right approach and and, and that's why you know leadership within that team is absolutely mm. yeah. fundamental. Uh, and and what you know what you guys are for live learn survive is exactly that is great leaders. Of, yeah, of great we, we love what we do. We're so passionate. A lot of sacrifice, a lot of yeah. traveling, um, a lot of big days for Lee in the office. You know, it, it doesn't yeah. come easy. Yeah. But uh, adding on to being yeah. leaders, and as we get bigger with the charity and more and more people get involved, setting good values um, within within the the, the the charity and kind of reflect that onto the people that are joined to to kind of follow suit and, and try and create a positive and great environment for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mate, uh, back to and lead, and lead, hey, listen, and lead yeah. by yes. example. 100%. Exactly. Walk the walk. Walk the walk. Mate, do you believe it is a good thing to set goals? It, it, it is absolutely fundamental and the first starting point to achieving anything yeah. in life yeah. is a goal. Uh, now, I think often where we get sort of confused within that is I think that, 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 that invariably people set goals, they don't achieve that goal. And so therefore it's it's because it's because they're setting goals. So they sort of give up on the goal setting thing. I think the, the important thing is to remember that goals themselves, you've got a big long term goal. You cut that goal down into medium term goals and then into short term goals, all of which should be planned and structured in a way that's going to deliver to this long term goal. And then also each of those goals really needs to be constructed well. I think invariably when, when you look at, at, at failure uh, of delivery of goal, it, invariably it's because the, the goal is the wrong goal. So there, there are lots of different models for this, um, but, but different ways to, sort of to, to think about how you structure those goals. But there are lots of sort of rules, which I think if you do follow, you can make sure. So, you know, are they timely? Invariably what, what people do. So, you know, we're in the new year. New Year's resolutions are a yeah. classic for that, is that people set goals. Um, you know, I want to lose three stone. I want to lose, 50, you know, five kilos by the end of January. And you're thinking, well, you know, unless you sever a limb, yeah. that's yeah. not yeah. going to happen, is it? <laughs> Because it, it's not timely. Is it achievable? Is it measurable? There are all these sort of factors that are associated with it. But I can tell you, without goals, yeah. you rarely yeah, achieve I agree. Them. I agree. 
So basing on those goals, my question is with the extreme, um, you know, elite level that you've worked at, how do you go from good to great? What's that extra that takes you from good to great? <laughs> well, that, that, that to me, that's the, you know, that's the mark yeah. of excellence. I think it's, it's an interesting one. I often talk about this with things like coaching. You know, there are two things about great coaches. Uh, firstly, is that is that they're able to replicate success. You know, having having a single success with it, with a single individual or a single team is one thing, but being able to replicate that over and over again that's a, that's quality coaching. But I think probably the most important thing about quality coaching is it's the ability to to make good athletes excellent, yeah. not to take excellent, not to take excellent individuals and keep them excellent. I don't necessarily think that's a mark of great coaching. Um, and so I think it, it, it's it's really important that what we do is that we, you know, and, and so from a personal perspective, I think this is why what we need to do is think about pushing ourselves outside of our comfort zone uh, because it's there where the magic yeah. happens. You know, it doesn't, it, it doesn't, it, sitting on the sofa yeah. is easy. You know, that, that's the bottom line. It's only when you push yourself, you you fully understand what you are capable yeah. of achieving. So I think that 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 movement, that movement fundamentally, that movement from good to excellent, won't happen while you're sat on the sofa drinking yeah. a cup of tea. Yeah, it's the extra. Hundred percent, mate. Uh, mindset is so important. How do you keep mentally tough? Wow. Oh, in your day, Greg. Are you? <laughs> You are. I tell you what, these, these are, yeah, these are tough questions. Are, like, you're doing yeah, so well. You know, like, so well. We, you know, we knew that you would be the man with I'm, the I'll take on the Norseman again. <laughs> um, what was Mindset the question again? Mindset is so important. How do you keep mentally tough? So how do you keep pushing through mentally? Well, I think I think much of it. I think what, what's interesting is that, that what we what we like to do, um, and, and it may be an excuse that, that we sort of have, is that we look at, we look at people who are successful or achieve incredible things. And what we do is, oh, yeah, they must have been born with that. And we, we assume it's innate, you know, that actually people are born tough. And so therefore they're able to, to cope with it. Where I think, you know, there is an element of that. But I think in, in the vast majority of it is it's, it's what we call nurture. It, it's it's the, the learning, the development of that mental toughness. And I think often, much like it is when we talk about goal setting, is that, is that mental toughness is is developed and it's built, and it's built progressively. What what, what you don't do is you, you know you're not sat on your sofa drinking your cup of tea, uh, and the following day all of a sudden you take on, you know, the yeah. English Channel, or the, the Norseman, yeah. or you know the Race Across America, whatever it is. Is that actually what we understand is that physically we have to progress, and we have to overload, and and all these sort of classic things that we do with with training but to my mind it's exactly the same thing with the brain is that what we've got to do is we've got to develop the brain we've got to teach the brain we've got to give it the opportunity to believe that it can achieve yeah. uh, and, and i think you know you do that by challenging it constantly so you go a little bit longer you go yeah. a little bit harder uh, you know and, and in doing that it just grows exponentially across time until you get to the point when you've got mental toughness and mental toughness is fundamentally built yeah. on experience. Well, the funny you say that is I do, I run a lot and I do all sorts of different exercises, but the amount of times I've been on the treadmill or doing that last kilometer or last mile 
and on my watch or my phone it says, you know, you finish, but I go that little bit extra just to go, you know what, I'm feeling all right here. It could be at level 16 on the treadmill. Yeah. And there's something in your brain saying, come on, keep pushing, keep pushing, you can do it. So, and, it yeah. and, and it really, yeah. for me, it yeah. slows my breathing down, makes me feel even more stronger, and it's kind of like a, 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 a power thing. Yeah. And, and, I, and I love that. But like I said, I've had yeah. to start somewhere. And that was a couple of years ago doing the old block run to running X amount of kilometers yep. now. And yeah, I, I'm so, I love mental toughness. It's, yeah. it's, it's yeah. definitely you're, a thing. You are very, you are very <laughs> tough and focused. When there's more to go. There's yeah. more to come. Yeah, there's lo- lots more. Yeah, Maxim, do, yeah. Uh, Maxim just goes for a run and he, he comes back 20 Ks later. That's like, you know, it's just... It just okay. Twenty. Yeah. Uh, he goes, yeah, I'll get a text. You go. Oh, I just did. Tw- I did twenty. I was feeling all right. <laughs> I was feeling all right. I'm like, okay, fine, fine, fine. Good. Um. So speaking about that mental toughness, I loved this in your Norseman film, The Happy Bank. Tell us about the Happy Bank. I loved this, Greg. I think this is such gold for um, younger people to have this as a, a thought process. Well, you know, look, being successful in life uh, requires requires time. It requires effort. It requires tenacity and dedication. And, and what you are constantly doing is dealing with ups and downs. You know, often the, the, the best analogy I can give you is that when we watch elite sport, what we're doing is we're watching the end product of that, yes. of that process. And so, you know, you, you can watch the Olympic Games and you watch them stand on the rostrum and they get their gold medal and the flag goes up and you think, oh, yeah, I'd love to do that. And, and what, what you're not seeing is the, you know, five o'clock in the morning on a, when it's tipping down with rain and you really yeah. don't want to do it and you're sore all over, but you've got to go up and go to another session. And, and, and you know, it, it perturbates. There is success, but also there is failure. There are dark times. And, and those dark times can be really difficult to deal with. But in, in my opinion, that's where the greatest growth occurs is by challenging yourself and actually really yeah. pushing it. That's that's really what matters. And so I think through through whatever it is that you're taking on, you know, you can adapt this into business or, or any other walk of life, really, is that it is it's how well you cope with those dark yeah. times. And, and where the happy bank comes in, to my mind, is that, that, that nothing good comes easy. Uh, and and it, it, if you think about your brain as the, what we like to call the central governor, you know, it's the controller and its job fundamentally is, is to keep you safe. That's really what the brain is doing. Uh, and so with that happy bank, what, what the brain is telling you when the going gets tough, uh, when you're on the treadmill and you've got, you know, you've still got a kilo to go. The brain is saying you can stop now. You can get off. You know, now's the time to, to, to ease back. And, and, and at that point, it's really, really tough. Now, by pushing through that and actually driving and, and putting more effort in and just, you know, just finishing that session off, what you do is you implant into the brain this belief that you can do it. Just squeeze it out a little bit more. I have this other saying that I use a lot on comic relief on that, and that's squeeze it out. And, and the great analogy here is that, you know, in the mornings when you get up and you look at the toothpaste and it's in the tube and you think, yeah. oh, it's empty. And yet, if you give it a give it a run, you know, there's it's always that bit more. Bit more. It's just a little yeah. bit harder. There's always yeah. something in there, and that that to me is what we are. The humans are like that. It's just squeeze yeah. it out. But there's always something yeah. more to give. But the crucial thing about that is that, that what you're trying to do is fill this happy bank. You're trying to invest yeah. in the brain, the, the belief that you can yeah. achieve this. 
And so that when you come to a big challenge and you get midway or you know three quarters way or even towards the end of a big challenge and you're starting to think to yourself, I cannot do this, I can't keep going. All of that investment that you've made into this happy bank, you can then start extracting. You can start withdrawing that investment, which and that investment is saying yeah. you can do this. You have done it before. You've done the work. And the more the more of that that you've put in, the more you've invested, the more reserves you've got to withdraw on. In other words, the more training, the more preparation, the more planning that you have done, the greater your chance of delivering. It's, it's amazing, Greg. I've, I've had the same tube of toothpaste for two years now. <laughs> never travel with him and if you do travel with him just always take toothpaste because it's like you know yeah, bring exactly. your own toothpaste bring your always... own toothpaste and bring a spare tube for him because it's like that's yeah. just the way it works but, uh, there's, there's also another quick analogy I know we're, we're, we're smashing through these questions mate but there's one that I always think too um, you know pitchy 80 or 90 years old on a rocking chair at the front of your, your, your house on your veranda and uh, your grandkids come up to you and, and ask you, so tell us about your life or tell us a story. And if you just sit there rocking up and back going, yeah, you know what? Life was pretty good. There was no real dramas. Everything was everything was swell. Um, you know, a couple of little hiccups, but yeah, it's all good. Your story's over within a couple of minutes. But where people want to hear, the kids want to hear the, the, the ups, the downs, the, the good, the bad, the ugly, the you know the, the triumphs, yeah. the good times, the bad times. And I always think of that. It's like you... Whenever you're going through a bit of a rough spot, it's it's just like a movie, you know. You, it's like there's someone, there's a crowd going, "Come on, you can do it." How's he gonna How's he gonna react from this? So, um, it's a bit different yeah. than toothpaste, but I always do think of that as well. So, <laughs> it's the rocky moment. Rock but but but, <laughs> yeah. but, I think, but you know, I think I think you're right. I think the bottom line is, you know, interesting people are people who mm. do things. Uh, they're not. They're not necessarily the people who are always no. successful. Um, they're, they're, the, they're the people who who have challenged and have themselves, and, and it, it, in that challenge, they make themselves yeah. interesting. Yeah, just have yeah, a go. go. So, speaking of uh, Maxie, next question. Yeah. So uh, we're up to question fourteen here, mate. Uh, so Norseman film. At the end, you say, "So what's next?" Yeah. I understand that was back in 2018, 2019, <laughs> and it's been a couple of years for COVID and stuff like that. But what is next, mate? Cough. Well, actually, after that, so we, we went uh, into COVID. It was 2019, so we went into COVID 2020, as, as you guys know as well as us. Um, and, and I was planning another uh, extreme try that year in uh, Patagonia, so it was called the Patagon Man. Um, that got cancelled. Um, and so not want, not wanting to lose, yes. <laughs> going back to that. You know, we've done all the prep and everything, and the team was together. So we went up and did a, a challenge in northwest Scotland, a place called Torridon which is where they hold what's called the Kelp Man. It's another extreme triathlon. Um, but we went up there and, and I, I went up there and went solo uh, with the team. We made a documentary and, and we, it, it, actually this week, we're about to release uh, that film this week, which is... Well, is we're, we're, like, it's, it's <laughs> it we're going to be brutal. sharing it. So um, people listening to this podcast will be able to see it on our socials and, and, and yours as well. So yeah, I look forward to seeing that. Man. That'll be yeah, awesome. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And we also... Well, I'll tell you what, particularly the, the, the swim, the, the swim on that was something. Uh, uh, and, yeah, so that, and then this year, yeah, the, the, the swim on the, the Torridon, uh, it's worth watching the film just for that. Um, rarely, rarely if ever am I scared of uh, open water. 
but what's yeah, the film and see? Without trying to give too much away, is it is it uh, it's not the cold water? I'm guessing. Well, yeah, I know it's cold. cold but um, is is but it yeah, cold, like just other little things? But the cold yeah. doesn't scare me. It's darkness, yeah. and 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 the interesting thing is that the the lock. So this they call them locks yeah. in Scotland. This huge lake, but this actually this huge lake opened up into the Atlantic, uh, and so in this lock they actually got whales. Um, and, and I remember chatting with the uh, with the one of the specialists, the wildlife specialists uh, down there before we did the swim. Uh, and I said to him, I said, um, "Have you ever seen orca in the lock?" And he said, "Well, it's interesting you should say that." He said, "Because we do get orca at the mouth oh, of the lock." Wow. <laughs> now, now, for me, right, sharks, I get it, right, but orca, they don't differentiate. Yeah. You know, it, 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 if they take a bite, it's definitely over. And uh, uh, so I said to him, I said, that, I said, that, that's great that you've not seen them in there. I said, but have you looked at five o'clock in the morning? In the pitch black? <laughs> <laughs> he said, oh, no. he said, no, he said, but, uh, but, but he said, but on the positive, <laughs> if you do spot any, you'll be the first one to do so. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I said to him, I'm not sure you completely understand <laughs> what, what the worry is here. Oh, my <laughs> life. And then you did the Thames swim. We know you did the Thames swim, the Upper Thames. Gee, we're, yeah. we were invested yeah. in that, Greg. Just, I tell you what, the, the times I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning worried where you were and how your shoulder was going. I was like, you know, I was like, oh, yeah. man, that looked tough. Yeah. It was crazy. It was crazy. It was crazy. Uh, and, and, you know, so what I decided to do, and, you know, again, exactly what you guys are doing is actually about raising the sort of profile, as it were, of drowning prevention. That's the critical thing, really, and water safety and of that. And it, I just figured that that would be the best way to do it. So I swam what's called the Upper Thames. You're not allowed to swim the tidal Thames anymore. Um, so the Upper Thames, 100 and, 135 miles. Um, and my plan was to do it in four days. So anybody doing the calculations, that is 50,000 meters a day. Uh, and so day, day one, day, day one set the scene at 53,000 meters wow. on day one. Um, it was an interesting time. Um, but it was, it, it, I mean, it was a really, really tough challenge. Just, I think from a speed perspective, as much as anything else, really, what I was trying to achieve in terms of speed. Um, but 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 so important and and you know tragically it was sort of a three week period of the challenge and in the UK we had a heat wave it's one of our hottest times of the year and it's obviously in that that zone I, I swam it in July um, and that is the period of, of highest number of, of drownings and actually during that period fifty five zero young people lost wow. their lives uh, to drowning in the in the UK alone you know so it it, it was such an important for me, it was such an important message yeah. that we were trying to raise. And, and as much as anything else, the challenge was great. Yeah. But actually, the, the, the traction we got with the message and raising yeah. the profile of, of, um, of water safety was yeah. enormous. It was, it, was, it, was, it was a wonderful thing to be part of, albeit incredibly. When we um, finished, uh, we had a, a, it was like surreal, really. When we actually, the last day of our um, um, trip, in, in April, we ended up at Clacton and we were with the um, amazing beach lifeguards down at Clacton. And the reason we sort of knew Clacton was on our radar because even like say two or three years before that, we were contacted by a mum 
who her son had actually drowned under the pier at Clacton. And we sent um, books to his school in in Ben's memory and and mum just sort of checked in with us once in a while. Anyway, we ended up going to um, Clacton and spent the afternoon with the lifeguards and Ben's mum actually came down and we Mm. were like right by the pier at the lifeguard station and she spent a couple of hours with G and she was just absolutely, and she said that that was the first time she'd actually been back to the beach. Mm. And I said, well, if we've done nothing other yeah. than today, bring you back to maybe, you know. A bit of closure. A bit of closure and, and you know, walk along yeah. the ocean and it not be quite, you know. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, awareness yeah. is so important, so important. Yeah. I, do you know, I, I, I was um, – my, my specialty, sort of academically, my specialty is uh, sudden cardiac death in young kids. Um, and, and I established the the, the first uh, center for sports cardiology dedicated to, to that to that factor. And, and you know we, we've all sort of seen it and experienced it in the press where young people die suddenly during sport, etc. But I tell you what, if if you ever wonder what impact you're having, meeting parents of those that have lost mm. yeah. children. I mean, I, I, honestly, I, I don't know how they Absolutely. get out of bed in the morning. I mean, I just can't imagine it. And, and I think you know if if you know, if anybody, you know, if anybody listening to this is wondering why they should donate to Live, mm. Learn, Survive, uh, then let me tell you, just meet yeah. somebody who's lost a yeah. child and, and you'll see how important yeah. the work that you yeah. guys do in making sure that no, you know, or reducing the risk that any yeah. other parent will have to yeah. go through that. It is, it is truly yeah. heartbreaking. But at the same time, and, you know, we do the same thing at the same time by by taking action, by by doing something, what we can do is is hold our heads up and in in the sure and certain knowledge of what yeah. we are doing is we're trying we're reducing yeah. that risk of it. Yeah, absolutely, well said. absolutely. So well said. Yeah. Um, so changing a little bit. Um, favorite comic relief challenge. It would be hard to pick, and I, you know, as as an English born girl, but. And you know, ended up the other side of the planet. Um, been very invested in some of these people and these challenges over the years. Is there, what you know? What are the nice things? What do you have a favourite, or is the one that stands out to you for a reason that we probably might not know? Well, it's it's a really interesting one. I mean, I, I was, you know, I've done as I said before, sort of thirty six of them um, with some truly outstanding yeah. people. You know, they're giving up their time. And again, you, all you ever see is the end product. So you see yeah. the challenge itself. What you don't see is the, the months of training that went in before it. Um, I, I, you know, from a favourite perspective, I think it's all generally it's always the the solo mm. challenges because they are properly yeah. brutal and, and there is a, a real you know there, there is a real desire from the, the celeb to, to actually complete it. Um, and, and some of those have been absolutely epic. You know, things like yeah. Davina McCall when we did the the. The, the crazy triathlon from uh, from Edinburgh down to London, and we swam across um, Lake Windermere. <laughs> oh yeah. my goodness! Um, it's the first time that the British press actually put a headline. They said, "When will he kill us?" <laughs> <laughs> which, which I quite yeah. like, you know. Um, you know, John Bishop and Joe Brand. But I think probably it goes back to the the first challenge. And uh, interestingly, in Australia, you know, you will know this guy, and that is David yeah. Williams. Um, and, and the first challenge I ever did and that Sport Relief uh, ever did was David Williams swam yeah. the English Channel. 
back in 2006 wow. now, uh, a long time ago. And it, I think what was what was really special about that was that it was the first first one, obviously. Um, but I think crucially that there was a, there was a, a word that was that was constantly, and I mean constantly, banded about uh, around that challenge uh, over two things. One was that could David Whalen swim across the English Channel? The classic word was impossible. That this cross-dressing <laughs> comedian uh, on Little Britain yeah. at the time, you know, uh, could, could he could never swim across it. Number one, and then number two was because again nobody had ever done it before. Was you can't raise money for charity by doing a, a challenge like this, you know. And, and it, it, this was at a time when nobody really yeah. did it. Um, and of course, he became the first man in UK, first man uh, to raise a million pounds on a single challenge. Um, and of course, he got across he got across the English Channel uh, in one of the fastest times across the Channel that year. Um, so I think you know, for me, it's it's probably yeah. my favourite for all sorts of reasons. And the fact that David's still a very close friend of mine now uh, and, and a, a true a true legend in every yeah. sense of the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. amazing. Cool. No, it was, I, 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 yeah, I, we, we watched um, part of that one today. So, yeah, incredible, incredible. Yeah. Uh, mate, back to more of a serious question. Uh, drowning statistics. Why do you think education is so important? Well, you know, in the UK, one person drowns every 20 hours. I mean, just think about that figure. You know, we are much like Australia. We're an mm. island nation. Uh, we've got 5,000 miles of coastline. We've got 4,000 miles of inland yeah. waterways. Uh, and, and yet so many yeah. people drown. You know, I mean, it is an absolute tragedy. And, 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 you know, the real tragedy in that is that the vast majority of those um, are young mm. people. Uh, and it's, it sits within that group of eight to yeah. eighteen year olds, uh, and, and an awful uh, and the vast majority. Yeah, of them same here, Greg. Same, same um, here. Yeah, you know, there's, there's a lot of testosterone, yeah. a lot of pressure, uh, maybe. And I think <clears throat> a lot. I mean, lots of reasons for it. I think, and, and it, but at the same time, you know, not all drownings are preventable, but yeah. many are. Uh, and I think that that's why water safety, learning to swim, number one, uh, is a life should be a life skill. Um, and sadly, in the UK, we simply don't take yeah. it seriously enough, um, or certainly yeah. governments don't take it seriously enough. Um, and, and I think, secondly, it is about water safety. It's about understanding. That, that it's, to some extent, it's about yeah, respect. You need the respect. Is that looking at a body of water and thinking, and thinking it it could be dangerous, and what are yeah. those dangers? You know, for you guys on on the beach, you know, for us as well with beaches, that you talk about Clacton, interestingly enough, is that. You know, it's a notorious yeah. black spot uh, around yeah. the pier because yeah. because of the rip. Now, it, when, when you look at it on a clear, sunny day in, in flat weather with no wind, you can't yeah. see the rip. You can't see any of those hidden yeah. dangers. Uh, and so, therefore, what, what's absolutely crucial about that is that we educate people, particularly locals. Interestingly enough, many people who die on the shores uh, of the UK are actually yeah. visitors to the you know are visitors to the shores. Um, which I'm, it's the same the world over. Um, but, and again, that's why education is so important. But it's also about education of rivers and about flow of rivers, about temperature of water, about uh, underwater hazards. Uh, you know, when I swam the, the Thames, it, I mean, a great example of this is I, I swam the Thames and there is a notorious bridge not far from me, actually. Uh, I live close to the Thames. Um, and this bridge, kids jump off in the summer. 
um, and I was I was swimming, and we were coming past this bridge, a place called Sonning, um, uh, where a former um, prime minister lives. Interestingly enough, um, who I was talking to about this uh, after we'd done the swim. But I was coming up to the bridge, and the crew stopped me and said, "Look, we've got to stop here, Greg, because there are kids jumping off the bridge." quite a narrow bridge and they said we don't want them to jump on top of you uh so we're going to go around and stop them jumping off this bridge is three meters high when i swam underneath it i was actually touching the bottom so the the water depth water depth was less than half a meter and they were jumping from three meters into the water you know and and that that to me is you know much of that is about education it's it's also about us in the state taking responsibility and actually making it incredibly difficult to jump off that bridge by putting barriers by putting signs up you know and and what we sadly what we have in life is that there's an awful lot of reactivity to it is that when a tragedy occurs then all of a sudden we all sort of scurry around. To and you know what, that's you know, where same is happening same now. Shit. That's when the news get involved, mm. when it's reactive to the statistics. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny that, that not saying, yeah. like everyone's trying to achieve a common goal by getting the awareness out there, but unfortunately sometimes the people that the media focus on or interview or talk to are experts, but experts for... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Like I don't know. Like I feel like me and Lee, we're the we're, <laughs> we're like the, one of the only oh, um, you well, know, I, I around the side yeah. doing bits and pieces, uh, going in and out of schools and stuff. And it's not a competition about who does what, but I think the common goal is is to get as much awareness out there as we can, and try and get as much media and government support as we can as well. Now yeah. that we are a charity, yeah. Now that we are a charity, um, it's it's it's. It's our right. We need to get it out there. Yeah. We need to be able to get as many people involved, not just here in Australia, but around the world. And touching base on um, how important just water safety is in general. It doesn't matter if it's on the coast, inland, waterways. It's very important for people to understand the hidden dangers, the hidden risks, things that people don't think about. And like you said, the depth could be submerged objects, could yeah. be sediment on the bottom. People get stuck. There's all sorts of different things that could happen. But yeah. I think a lot of people don't think that it will happen to them. Yeah. That's a problem. Yeah. And more people yeah. drown in land in that, Australia you know, than they actually do at the coast. Yeah. Considering we all mainly yeah. live around yeah. the coast, there are actually more inland drownings than at the coast. Well, and, and, you know, and, and much of that is probably driven by the fact when you look at the sea and, and, the, and the break is big, you're not going to get in if you can't swim, or you don't. You know, I mean, you'll certainly well, swim twice you're about. Well, unless you're a really hot... get in. <laughs> yeah. You're getting in anyway. Yeah. Whatever happens, yeah. But you know, but but it's, it, it is interesting, and I think you know some of those areas where we don't often look at, and that is you know ponds in the back oh. garden, uh, and and you know in, inflatable pools for the kids, or having a swimming pool, uh, or, or even you know tragically leaving. You know, kids in yes. baths. It happens a lot. You, you, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be a big Absolutely. body of water with with a tide or a rip or cold yeah. for drowning to occur. And I think again that that message, you know, there's a continuum mm-hmm. along which, and it's why specialists, yeah. you know, advising and 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 reiterating. And on, on the inland properties here, you know, your pool is fenced to everything, everything, and then you know, hundred meters to the left is a huge dam. <laughs> you know it's like and, yeah. and water is just like a magnet for kids mm, they love it 
I absolutely yeah, adore sure. to it. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah. Well, our first um, in in our part to tackle all of this, um, Greg. April? No, not April. May is going to be Live Learn Survives first charity challenge because um, I don't know if you've read the. So it, it's it was done in 2014, but the World Health Organization did a report dedicated solely to drowning. Purely to drowning. Mm-hmm. And point three, other than, you know, supervision of children and removing water, which is like, you know, pretty impossible. Um, yeah. the, the third point yeah. of action was educate young children, school age children. That was the mm-hmm. that was the you know solution. Yeah. And um, so basically the statistic of 42 people drown every hour of every day somewhere in the world. Um, yeah. our May challenge yeah. is gonna be what's your 42? So my good friend here, that's why the 42 kilometres, sort of the marathon, marathon kind of man. So, Maxie, what's your 42? Yeah. yeah, so I'm not doing one, but two. I'm uh, running on the first day of May. I'm running a marathon around Sydney to raise awareness for drowning prevention. And I'm also doing a marathon around Brisbane on the last weekend of May. Yeah. Um, so that's my 42. What's your 42, Lee? I am throughout the month yeah. of May. I am going to be swimming 42 kilometres. And I haven't swam right. 42, well, I, you know, I did my five mile swim when I was like nine years old, Greg, you know, and that's like, that was the 70s. Um, so um, I've not been as much of a swimmer, but I decided this was going to be my 42. So 28th of December, I hit the pool. Um, and between 28th of December and where are we now? 20, it's your jam. So I've, I've done... 17 k's so i'm like right that's it i'm putting my hand up now well i've now i've told greg it's i've got to be honest so this is it i'm swimming 42 k's in may yeah so the whole power so the whole point of it um greg is to just yeah watch your 42 and obviously want to over the years we want to keep doing these um put up build up enough momentum around the world and around australia for people to get involved to help donate towards our charity to be able to get our books now our programs in the schools yeah. and people part of the rescue squad to learn life skills. However, we want to each year, hopefully bring it down to what's your 32, what's your 22. So hopefully over time we see the average drowning, not just here in Australia, but around the world come down. And um, yeah, yeah. that's something where we can get on a world scale, yeah. people involved. So. And then maybe by the time I'm 80, um, I'll, it'll be what's your two. I might still be able to just do. I might be able to just do the two k's. You see, Greg, we've got to set a goal. But the, the that's goal. the goal. And it's not just a physical challenge either. Uh, we, you know, obviously, not everyone can do physical challenges, and we understand that. So it could be, you know, uh, forty-two meditations. It could be forty-two push-ups. It could be forty-two. Yep. You know, it could be forty-two yeah. anything. So. so we're going to try and get kids involved as well. And if kids do, you know. What, I think this is what, what we want to do because a lot of this is getting the books into the schools because they've got the lessons in them and we want them in school libraries. And um, we've got, um, I think it's really nice that it, say a child raises, I don't know, $50, the, that child then gets five books for their school or whatever, $50 worth of books for their school because then that child gets the absolute reward for their effort. They've given something to their school and I think you just said it, you're most, um, you know, what you're so most proud of is your charity work. 
So if that child can think, I did my hard work, got this for my school library, that's good for kids' self-esteem. And there's mm. so much stuff around 100%. that's not good for self kids' self-esteem. So, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, there's that's two brilliant. of us here. And then we're <laughs> like, in. I don't know what we're going to do. I'm in. Listen, so, I'm in. So, Greg, can we have you as your, um, not putting you on the spot, feel free to say no afterwards, our unofficial yeah. UK ambassador? Yeah, hey, 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 hey. that's I mean, it. I'm, I'm just, I'm just thinking. I'm just sitting there thinking, what's what's your what you know, But yeah, listen, you're in. I, I, I am in. Just, just say one more time for me, mate. One more time that you're in. I, I'm, def- hey. I'm definitely. So now we've just got a few quick questions. We, you know, we've we've grilled you enough, Greg. We've, we, you know, we'll give you some easier okay. questions. These, now. Are, these relax, are fun ones. Okay. Relax a little bit. So, um, so right. if you weren't in your chosen career, what would you do? Um, an astronaut. Love to be an astronaut. Yeah, I can love, see you there with cool Tim Peak actually having a bit of chatter in space. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go, yeah. That'd is be it, good. Is it just looking down cool, on the earth, or do you have an interest in um, astrophysics, or you know the space, or what? What's the why? Why astronaut? I, 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 I think multiple reasons. I think the idea of weightlessness yeah. and the impact of that, and we did some work, you know, did some research work, uh, not so few years ago now, on on the impact on what's called baroreceptor response, so blood pressure control with weightlessness i think just experiencing yeah. that would be incredible i think the imagine the night sky from from the international Ooh, space amazing. you know i mean what yeah. do you know what i mean in terms of that stargazing yeah. and that sort of stuff i think you know it's not it's not my area but yeah, i just think awesome. yeah cool, it's a good answer yeah cool we 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 were just in the states yeah. didn't we have the best couple of hours in the griffith observatory the la observatory yeah, yeah great Oh, had no, the no, telescope, what a place. Yeah. had a telescope yeah. focused on the sun and we could see the sunspots yeah. and all this. Oh, oh it was amazing. Oh, wow. amazing. Amazing. Okay, <laughs> so go back to... Mate, uh, I, I've got to hear a book you love or your favourite book um, that, that you love, a book that you love. That you think everyone should read. Uh, you mean apart from mine? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 you know what, you two. I want to ask Maxie's favourite book and he goes, do you want Maxie the lifeguard one, two or three? I was like, seriously, very predictable. Exactly. Uh, give us a plug. What, what, what's your book called, uh, Greg? Give it, give it to us if anyone wants to. <laughs> well, Achieve the Impossible. Achieve the Impossible is the one that sort of covers all the the, the, um, the comet relief challenges and basically the, the way we structure much of what we chatted about today, actually. Awesome. Um, Second favourite book. It's an interesting one when it comes to the books. Do you know what? Um, uh, the picture of Dorian Gray, I think, is you know I'm I'm I've sort of I set myself a challenge a couple of years ago to 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 read the classics, um, and I've read quite a few of them. The authors aren't alive now, but I can tell you some of them are some of them are yeah. hard going. But uh, the picture of Dorian Gray really is a, a really quite an exceptional. Yeah. Amazing! Exceptional. Awesome. I'll have to mm. check that out. That makes me sound a lot more intelligent. Well, than I, I'm impressed. I just... <laughs> I'm ready. I'm impressed. I'll be so we are. We both love like a bit of a podcast. Have you got a favourite podcast that you can share? Because we love getting a podcast. 
podcast team. Yours. <laughs> well, obviously. Your podcast. <laughs> I always do. No, listen, I do. I do. (laughs) No, listen, I love what I love your podcast, guys. I think that, you know, Propulsion Swimming do a podcast, which is a a great listen as well. And and I think what, what I love about theirs is what I love about yours. And that is sort of the eclectic nature of it is that, you know, I'm not listening to the same thing repeated over and over again. It's different every time. And that, that's for me that the beauty of a, a, a podcast is actually the variety. Yeah. yeah. My, my husband said, it's like, well, one, he said, I listen to it because then I find out what's going on in life. And then he said um, <laughs> that it's like sitting in a cafe with you. And, and that's what we want. Like, you know, yeah. we got, we know that like there's kids all over the world. And I say kids, cause to me, everyone's a kid you know, younger people all over, um, you know, and it's like we want them to feel like they're just catching up with a couple of mates. Yeah, no, That's it's, it. it's, it's good fun. Yeah. We, we, we enjoy Absolutely doing right. it and we love talking to special guests like yourself. And uh, we actually want to focus a little bit more this year of getting more guests on to give the the – the, the viewers or the listeners, I should say. The viewers, all the, the viewers, viewers out there. The listeners uh, that listen in each week, um, <laughs> you know, to give people like yourself some really good, um, strong information to be able to be better in life. And, yeah. um, mate, I could say there's a couple more questions here, but what we've spoken today is, is spot Absolutely. on, mate. Absolutely. Um, so this is a <laughs> bit of a, yeah, I'm going to say a tough one, but, you know, a bit more of a reflection. What advice would you give to your 16-year-old self? It'll be all right. It'll be all right. Oh, I like that. It'll be all right. Just don't worry about it. And I think I think it's interesting. You know, it goes back to what we were saying earlier. But that focus on on uh, that focus sort of not necessarily on failure, but that focus on the things that that we can't change. I think you know what. Just keep going. I I had this conversation with a mate of mine the other day, and I said, you know what? And I have this conversation with my wife every day. She's like, what's going on? I said, don't worry about it. You know, we, we'll get yeah. there in the end. And I think, honestly, the, the older you get, the more you realize just, yeah, yeah it'll be all right. It will be all right. Just keep going. And, you know, be be the best yeah. that you can be. And it'll yeah. be all right. And, and you know what? Take take every opportunity. Like, we, we went to the States. Always. We had no idea what we were doing, but we thought, we, you know yeah, what? Correct. We'll make some friends. And it was epic. So, um, so yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, from I, I, I always say that, and I say that to kids, is that often, you know, people often talk about, you know, it's about opportunity. And actually, it's not about opportunity. It's about taking yes. opportunity. And that's, you know, that, that, that's, that's where it happens. That's where the magic yeah. happens, is by taking that. And you know what? Not every opportunity will yeah. work out. But that's yeah. all right. Because if you don't take it, you'll never and, know. And you create the opportunity as well. And when someone tells you no, we're big in like when someone tells you no, I go, I I I don't know where I get this from or whatever. I go, no, it's a no from you. I'll try the next one. Because I have four people yeah. tell me Absolutely I would never right. live in Australia. Well, unless the planet changed. I've been living in Australia for a few years, you know, and it was like, no, you don't think I I've got it what it takes to get there. But I'll find someone else. And one lady gave me the tiniest right. chink of light. And it was like, that's all I needed. I was like, right, we're yeah, going to run with on. that. Yeah, yeah run yeah. with that. Exactly, perfect. So what does success look like to you then, Greg? 
That is very simple, and it's yeah. happiness. Love that happiness, mate. Very well. That is all. That is the only success. The only success yeah. that matters. Happiness. No, I love, love it. Love it. Brilliant. And um, mate, that, that yeah, there's nothing really more to say to that. That's yeah. awesome. Um, mate, there's two more to go. <laughs> this is the la- last one, then the last uh, one Lee's going to say. But if you could be a first responder, what service would it be? Wow. Wow. That's a that's a that's a that's a really tricky one. That is a really tricky one. Look, you can I base mean, your opinion just on the uniform if you like, Greg. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> I could I could, <laughs> I could do that. Do you know it'd probably be it would probably be ambulance. Yes. I would yeah, have thought. No. I could see you. Uh, but I think you know first respond first responders across the board are heroes. Yeah. You know, there's absolutely no doubt about that because on a regular basis they put themselves in danger to save yeah. others. And I think that, you know, whether it's the fire service, you know, whoever the first responder is. But I think probably just because of my background and where I've come from, I think I think the ambulance crews, and sadly in the UK they're here striking currently over paying conditions. Um, but the job yeah. they do is yeah. second to none. And as in, didn't the pan- pandemic show us that, that the first responders were the new rock stars, really? Weren't they? The front line, yeah. like... I said it, you know, Maxie. Yeah. You know, you're you're on the front line. You you know, everyone's isolating, everyone's staying home, but you've got to go to work, and you're facing the general public mm. day in day out. The people in the hospitals, the people basically keeping people safe, and and you know, that's really where like we were in the pandemic, as as everyone was. We created the rescue squad because uh, we thought. We're online. We don't know how long this is gonna gonna last. This may be something that might inspire the next wave of first responders, and that's where the that's where the whole yeah. thing yeah. came yeah. from, and that's why we called it the rescue squad. No, and again, what I love about what you guys do is, you know, I think the important thing is that young or old, doesn't matter how old you are, we can all be 100%. first responders. You know, if you you know just for some stats. A cardiac arrest uh, in the general population, so outside of hospital, has got a survival rate of about ten percent. Not much. Yeah, same. Not, same. It'd be about the same here. Uh, yeah, and yet, same here in Australia. Um, you know. Yeah, and and yet CPR, that basic life support, all the stuff that, that you guys talk about, the stuff that we all do for you know as part of being a lifeguard, and and, and now the, the the RLSS here in the UK have, have set up what's called the National Lifeguard Academy, which is focused on on young people. You know, giving CPR, being a first responder right there can save someone's mm-hmm. life. You know, whether it's post-drowning, whether it's a dad on the beach who's, who's had a cardiac arrest or whether you're walking through the mall and, 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 and grandma yeah. collapses. You know, we can all be first responders. We can all save a life. And I think that that's the real... And, that, and that's why we've created the Rescue Squad, again, um, to, for people to learn these core yeah. skills or these life skills they'll be able to help themselves yeah. and help others too and um you know you know on the head we've got a girl in the um, rescue squad who's just gone to st andrew's uni doing medicine and she had one of her first um yes. lecture lessons and she <laughs> was the only one in the class that you you quote the the correct terminology that knew the difference between what was it she basically she's the only one in the class that knew the correct answer and her tutor said to her 
that's excellent. How did you know that? And she said, Maxie's Rescue Squad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's 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 yeah. awesome, mate. But you know yeah. what? Um, as Perfect, a first responder, I've, you know, I love what I do, and I wouldn't change it. As a lifeguard and a firefighter, mm. and been on the front line um, in and yeah. out of schools and around yeah. around the world as well. So yeah, exactly, mate. You've been yeah. amazing. Last Absolutely. question. Absolutely. Last question. The most important one, Greg. <laughs> oh my gosh! Give it to us. Can you give us your go-to song to add? to our, our Maxi's Rescue Squad playlist. So the one song that you put on that, you know, when you've got to, like, make a withdrawal from the bank because <laughs> it's been really tough, the one song that will change your mood. What fires you up, basically? What fires you up? Um, God, there's plenty of them. Let's go with Hootie and the yeah. Blowfish. T- time. It's on uh, Cracked Review. Uh Song number eight. I even know where it is. It's all right. It's added. Added. That is your song. Brilliant tune. <laughs> Listen to it. It's amazing. Right. Love it. <laughs> in fact, the whole album is amazing. In. It is in there. So it's on Spotify. Maxi's Rescue Squad playlist. It's the most eclectic bunch of songs, but everyone's like, you know, we. We got like, you know, kids in Germany telling us, and like, you're like, oh, this is somebody new, you know, it's just this real bag of, yeah, yeah. Um, but everyone's a good, you know, thumping anthem of positivity. So, um, so no, it's been, um, yeah, amazing. Great choice. Great choice, mate. Um, it's added to the squad now, but, um, mate, before we say our final goodbyes, um, mate, just for me personally, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you um you know from watching some of the amazing challenges you've done uh over the last well, number of years i won't say too many years because you're still young you still look as good as, <laughs> still as, good as ever, ever mate um but uh, we do want to ask you one thing about uh about western australia oh yes so before we we oh. when i met you in cavisham lakes in april last year we did say um that we'd love to catch up again one day. And I reckon if we can, in a perfect world, I know you haven't because you said it's something that you want to do, is the Rottnest Swim. Cottesloe to Rottnest Swim, the, the Rotto Swim. Yeah. Don't worry, mate. There's not that yeah. many uh, things in grey suits, but if there is ever an opportunity to do it as a charity team, um, I'd love to do it with you, mate. So the offer's on the table. Don't have to do I know yeah. we're busy people and we do bits and pieces, but... I think over time yeah. it will be awesome to be able to maybe see if we can make that happen um, and uh, Liveland Survival will be the charity um, we yeah. can raise some awareness for. And we can do books for, and you know 100%. what, we can do stuff for going to the UK schools and the Aussie schools and make it like a, you know, like a little big hug of education around the globe. Yeah, we'll see. But just get that in the back of your mind. I know so, you get a little bit of a thing in the back of your mind. Yeah, um, just put that. If you've ever got a spare February and you think, what can I do now? 19, oh, Maxi, Rotto, let's go. 19.6 kilometre swim. Let's do it. So, and uh, there's yeah. the option no, listen, man. I'm up for, I'm up for it. Duo. 100%, you can yeah. do it as a duo. So, yeah, it'll be awesome to do it with you, mate. And I've done it. You can see the bottom the whole way. Yeah. There's not that many sharks. Yeah. There's only six yeah, no, it's, right. it's, it's a beautiful part of the world. Didn't you say to me, didn't you say to me, Greg, I think like years ago when we very first emailed, you told me, did you have a, 
Have you got a mate in Perth and you'd always wanted to do Rotto? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I actually took the fam. I took the family out. I was on a lecture tour at um, at UWA, uh, and my my mate is a prof there at UWA, uh, and we actually stayed on Cotslow Beach, and we we yeah, took a wow. trip across yeah. the water on this island. I mean, it's a fabulous yeah. island. Yeah. So well. um, yeah, you know, it's one of those things I've always sort of. It's, you it's know, in, in my fiftieth year, I did fifty swims yeah. around the world, and it was probably the one that I wish I'd included. Yeah, I just couldn't make it. make it work, but. No, well, we so do just have, one condition, um, Greg, you've got to bring Ben, because I know that Ben and I will have a great time well, on the well, boat while you well. two are swimming. <laughs> you're, 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 Absolutely. You've got to bring Ben, because he's your wingman, you know, and that's like, you know, so, um, so yeah, it's, um, it's uh, so plant that seed, um, you know, we've got to have a goal, Greg, we'll just plant that one on the, right. uh, on the to-do list. Legend, mate. Good. And our 42 yeah. as well. 42. And the 42. Just, uh, yeah, let yes. us know what you think. Put, right. put your thin caps on, mate. And um, yeah. it'll be awesome to have you involved as our UK ambassador. Yes. 100%, mate. Thank 100%. you. That's brilliant. Listen, thank you, for ha- thank you for having me on. It is an absolute pleasure. And I am properly a fan of everything you guys do. I think you're amazing. Oh, Keep thanks, it up. mate. Thank, thank you so much. We will end this and then we'll say our goodbyes. Yeah, mate. Uh, again, so great to see you, and thank you for your time. Um, we love you. <laughs> You've been so generous with your love time, you too, Greg. Mate. Thanks so much. No, absolute pleasure.